And we are live. Hello, Kelsey. Hi. <laughs> oh, no, there's a delay again. Oh, to, um, me? <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, hold on. Guys watching, this is like the technical. <laughs> Let me see. Okay, let's, um, hold on. I'm going to log out, and then we're going to try again because you're still on a delay. Sounds good. Oh, no, now you're back. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, this is Kelsey Contois-Hush um, from Las Vegas, live from Las Vegas, but not from Las Vegas. And yes. a, little, <laughs> a little intro about her. One, she is my bestie. She is the, I'm not sure who's yin or who's yang, but we're, we make the circle. <laughs> and uh, she is the lead wig and makeup artist for Cirque du Soleil's Ka, which when it comes back, will be live at MGM brand <laughs> hotel and has been there for 11 years. 11. No longer. You're, you just had your 12. Yeah. In October, I think. Yes, 12 years in October. Yeah, so 12 years with Ka, and then she and I have worked on a lot of projects together um, for all kinds of things, for charity and uh, horse shows. That was probably the big one. Um, yeah. That was the big one. So a lot of people don't work with their best friends <clears throat> because... <laughs> You know, I think that that sometimes can get in the way of actually working, you know, or if things go wrong. Right. The know. separation of, of business relationship and friendship. Right. <laughs> um, I think our relationship was kind of strange in the fact that we worked together all day long at Ka. <laughs> and then usually saw each other before work or saw each other after work. And, uh, and then we're working on side projects as well but we got along really really great and worked together so it um was like a marriage of sorts <laughs> <laughs> um so, so tell so. us for people that don't know that you're from um you grew up in tennessee yes uh and the thing that i find one of the things that i find most impressive about you is your artistic ability not just like makeup, like she likes to sculpt and um, do special effects, but she also can draw and she can paint and she can make asparagus cakes out of fondant. Like, <laughs> so I forgot I about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I watch all the baking shows and I'm always like, Kelsey could do that. <laughs> you know, out of fondant that look like asparagus, you know. It was I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Seriously, but I mean, when you were little growing up, did you, let's look back up to we, Kelsey, um, growing up near Gatlinburg, um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, it kind of changed, it changed a lot. I mean, I think as most kids, but it was never very traditional in terms of, I want to be an astronaut or, you know, I want to be an actress. That was never really anything that came into play for me. Um, so growing up with the national park, like actually being in my backyard, I wanted to be a park ranger for many years. 
Oh, so, yes, protect from the grizzly bears in Tennessee. <laughs> you mean the black bears. We don't have grizzly bears. <laughs> bears. Yep. So I always thought I was going to become a park ranger. That was a big part of kind of my life. But then in like fifth grade, I was trying to find some other outlets besides soccer. And my dad was making sets for our, like our small little drama department and helping them out. And I kind of fell in love with theater and I tried to be on stage and realized I had the worst cage, like worst stage fright. So I was like, oh, I can use a hammer and some nails and I'll help my dad paint sets and build sets. So in the fifth grade, I kind of fell in love with theater and started like, that is where theater in my life started. So I was like, yeah. I don't know, I think maybe this is what I want to do. <laughs> and then of course it changes and ebb and flow. So of course I wanted to be a forensic scientist and then I fell into the world of makeup. <laughs> As you do, I mean, yeah. but you know, let's be honest here. Uh, your skill set, as far as being able to build things and um, paint things and that kind of stuff, I can't properly express to people how much this has helped with different projects that we've worked on, let alone just putting together stupid bookshelves from Ikea. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite things to do. Oh, I am not a winner at that if you don't know that watching. And so Kelsey helps me build things because I also don't like to measure things. And um, a quick story, when we got the first studio, I don't know if you remember this, um, I was there by myself, like putting stuff away and, you know, getting stuff ready. And we had this cool little key box that was metal. Remember that one? And we, don't, we never actually put keys in it. It just was on the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, industrial chic. And so it had two holes, which is like my nemesis. Like, why do things have to have two holes? Like, why can't they just have one hole and then you figure it out? Like, but no. Because then so you walk has, everywhere and like just point one, <laughs> it'd always be crooked. <laughs> I hate the two holes on anything. So I was so proud of myself because I had hung the box and like it looked level. Did I level it? Yeah. But. It looked level and so she comes in after work or something and she like turns around and goes and i was like no no it's fine <laughs> she was like no oh my gosh leo says hi hey leo we miss you too oh are you in brazil or Ibiza? maybe we need to go there and work that sounds good <laughs> but yeah so she has to uh usually come behind me uh on anything measuring or technical. <laughs> I'm just a second set of eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. A better set of eyes in most cases. Okay. <laughs> so little fifth grade Kelsey, um, yes. were you obsessed with Halloween then? Oh yes. Really? Since I think, yeah. Since birth. Cause my parents were so into Halloween. So I always grew up with having boxes of Halloween decorations in our attic. So we would go up into the attic and just like sort through all of these bins and because they were collectors. So they had like, like I had corsets from my great grandmother, you know, that were not dry rotting or anything. So we would wear that with a costume and make like, you know, 
a traveler costume and wrap our heads in like <laughs> different scarves that belong to like my grandmother or my great grandma. So we had just a lot of really cool random stuff. We had masks. I can still smell like the old latex masks that were just degrading. <laughs> like it just kind of permeates into your brain. So that has been with me since as long as I can remember. Halloween, 100% like our holiday. Well, and I feel like Halloween in the 80s, um, too, it was either you had to paint your face or you had that really weird, cheap plastic uh, mask or like the plastic costumes. We didn't make things in my house. We bought things. Um, <laughs> that hasn't changed much. But uh, do you remember that? It's like a very specific plastic smell. Well, we, you know, we didn't really have those too much, um, you know, when I started like actually getting involved with Halloween, it was more like 90s, 90, 91, 92. And that was all makeup at that point. You know, our mom would buy those little inexpensive makeup kits from, I think, Walmart. And she'd be like, okay, you're going to have a blackout tooth and like stick the wax in our mouth <laughs> and be like, okay, here's black line, black line, your cat now. So yeah, she was, uh, she does not like to say that she's good at makeup but she did she did good halloween makeup on us so i'll see i mean the pictures i remember seeing a lot of pictures and they were always really fun and definitely creative you oh, know yeah. which was good when you got into high school did you stay in um theater land and yeah i know you so, were really big into soccer and stuff yeah so fifth sixth seventh grade eighth grade that was all theater primarily just more backstage and then when i got into high school it kind of morphed into something a little bit different. So when I was a freshman, there was really only one other technician and she was a senior girl. And um, she, or I think she, she may have been a junior, sorry, um, Kelly, she was such a sweetheart. And she was like the main technician for the, for the theater. And they had just built this huge brand new, like state of the art theater in this tiny little town that I grew up in. And uh, it was so exciting because we kind of got to build this theater. And she kind of took me under her wing and showed me everything. She showed me how to run the lighting board. She showed me how to uh, stage manage a show. And she kind of like took me under her wing and showed me every aspect. And my theater teacher at the time, they really kind of said, you know, clearly this is something that you're really interested in. Let's teach you everything. And just shy of being like, here's a set of keys you know, you're going <laughs> to run this theater. So once L Kelly left to graduate, they kind of like passed the hat off to me and they said, okay, you're going to work with a couple of other people. You know, I had a, a friend, Brian, who did a lot of audio and video. So it was kind of, we fumbled through the lighting board together and he thankfully, I think he actually made a career with it. We haven't really spoken in a while, but um, yeah. So he kind of ran that and I did stage management and I helped build costumes to a certain extent and then I kind of fell into the world of makeup I found this like archaic like it could have been an artifact of a like a kitten caboodles kit that had makeup <laughs> in it that somebody had clearly donated from their own collection I think every theater has this you know it's yeah. like some lady just donates all of her like regular makeup from Avon and Clinique so you're just like picking it up and you're like I think this is 30 years old maybe like, smell and you're like oh okay that's not good <laughs> but yeah so it was everything and my dad would come in and he would help me build the sets and um so yeah 
jack of all trades since kind of like day one. So, well, and then you, so I think I was talking to Bobby Penn about this. Um, you wound up going to North Carolina School of the Arts when it was a conservatory. Now it's a university uh, system. Um, and we were just talking about, and maybe this is because you were on the East Coast, but we were talking about like, I didn't even know that you could get a degree in makeup and wig making then, you know, outside of like the Westmore Academy and MUD, like that there was like these actual scholastic um, programs that you could go to. And you did one um, yeah. with, the, with the wigs and the makeup design and making. Well, and I think that's part of, I think that's part of like the craziest story that I have, like my kind of like story of how I even got into the industry because if it wasn't for Kelly, the girl who had kind of like taken me under her wing in, in high school in theater, she actually got accepted into North Carolina School of the Arts. So and she became a props master. And it, I had no idea that the school even existed until my teacher, Mr. Ginn, was like, hey, you should really consider going to the School of the Arts. Kelly's going there. She's having a great time. You should really check it out. And so, because I didn't really know what to do at the time, I was like, you know, CSI was really popular at the time, and we had the body farm at the University of Knoxville, and uh, I was thinking, oh, maybe I would get into forensic science, and that was really interesting. And then I realized, I don't like real dead bodies. I like fake dead bodies. <laughs> I know. You also you don't like haunted houses. houses. It's true. I don't. I, I would much rather... I would much rather be the scarer than the scary. <laughs> but so my teacher, Mr. Ginn said, you really are talented. You should really look at going into the school. So I started doing research online and, you know, back in the day in the, you know, early 2000s internet, the, the website was really difficult to navigate and it wasn't super helpful to figure out. And to get into the school, you had to apply for a specific department. You couldn't just say, yeah, I want to work backstage. You had to pick, pick a specific um, uh, demographic. Like you had to pick your major going into the school. There wasn't changing once you got there. So I'm looking at them and I looked at, you know, scene design and I was like, oh, I love making, you know, scenery. This is so interesting. I love props. I love costumes. I love all of these things. And then I saw wigs and makeup and I was like, you know, I like wigs and makeup, but I'm not a, I've never been a girly girl. I've always been a soccer player, you know, behind the scenes. I've never been one that's always, you know, done glamorous makeup or hair on myself. I mean, I didn't even use a blow dryer until what, Megan, 2000 and like 15. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <laughs> so I it was one. I said, you don't own a blow dryer. And you're like, no, I don't own a blow dryer. Yeah. It was, it's just kind of, you know, how I grew up. My mom didn't blow dry her hair, so I didn't have one. But uh, so when I was looking at them, I was thinking to myself, what could I really challenge myself in, in something that I hadn't really spent a lot of time in? And I saw the wig and makeup department in uh, the program, and I thought, no, this is something really interesting because I have makeup experience. I've done makeup for a bunch of different makeup, a bunch of different uh you know, middle school performances when my sister was in middle school and I was in high school, I did her makeup and all of her friends makeup for all their theater shows. 
And I thought, you know, this could kind of maybe cultivate into where I wanted to go into the special effects world, where I could start working on making fake dead bodies and doing lots of gore and TV and film. And so I worked really hard. I built up this huge portfolio and I ended up getting accepted into the school. And then when I got there, because I hadn't really, you know, dug too deep into the program, I didn't realize that special effects in that school was actually a very small percentage. It was very heavily a wig school and a makeup school. And they spent, you know, they spent all this time dedicating to theater. Most of the people who graduate from there, they go to Broadway, they go to New York, they go on tour, you know? So I, I didn't really go into it. I thought I was going to work in film. Like that was originally my plan, but in retrospect, the education I got catapulted my career into something completely different and actually something I think I actually enjoy more than if I had went the film route. So, you know, I think film yeah. is definitely for some people, but I don't think that that beast is my beast. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, you know, sitting around and waiting and working really hard until you get to that moment. And then, oh, no, hold on. It's the... The end product the end of film and TV that's so amazing, I think. And of course, and of course the journey, but I feel like there is definitely film and television artisans and theater, which it moves at a different pace. But oh, did you get a drink? I'm going to get a drink too. My I should do a spot for Sonic. I love their ice. <laughs> I just have white water. Do you have a cute in a Halloween cup? Huh, yes, of course. <laughs> All of my cups are Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny. So when I started at Cirque, um, it was like in June. No, it was June 3rd, yeah, of 2008. And um, our we had some movement going around <clears throat> in our department. And so then that position came open uh, for makeup because our uh, great friend Tisha Sealander, uh, Tisha Tinsman, she went to a, a different show so it opened up and so they were like oh who are we going to get and i was kind of strange coming in from the outside normally Cirque um, is very insular uh and hires from the inside out and they can't find anybody then they hire and so then uh she said oh i have a, a friend an acquaintance a colleague uh in tennessee that i think would be great and so we were like okay and so she you know put the word in and of course you have to do the interview and it's not like you're just like this person and then they have no qualifications. Here, let me, let's make a phone call. Okay. You're hired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then Kels came and we were all so young and, uh, we were pretty babies. <laughs> and she came in, um, originally in the wig department, mm -hmm. uh, and was with us for a minute and then moved over to the makeup department. Uh, and then, um, also, that yin and yang thing about Kels and myself is uh, her, her organizational skills are stellar. <laughs> Sometimes. At work, a little bit better than at home. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have absolute control at, at work. You know what I mean? It's what you yeah. say goes. And at home, you have a three-year-old and a husband and, you know. Chaos. <laughs> chaos. Compromise. But uh, that being said, we had, you know, Vigmars that were beautiful and she would come in and help us label stuff in the wig department and, and really those systems uh, work really well together. Um, thinking back, 
again, like when you were younger, is there certain things that ring true to you that you watched a lot or feel like you were influenced by now? Like when you do projects or things you love or. Oh man. For example, um, while you're thinking, I had told Mark Antoine this about watching glow and seeing all of the, the glow from the eighties and seeing all the big chunky glitter. And then I was like, <laughs> I had such a visceral reaction to it that I was like, Oh my God, this is why I love glitter so much. It's so sparkly and fabulous. And, um, you know, I remember watching all of that and different art trips and stuff. Do you have anything that really stands out for you growing up that you watched a lot or listened to a lot? Um, I think, well, I definitely watched way too much. We sing and silly bill. <laughs> that, that, that what I think I, played that VHS until it actually like spit out of the VCR. <laughs> but it was, I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but it's, you know, obviously it was a set of books that they turned into these really hysterical movies for little kids, but it was about uh, this main character. I don't even remember her name now, but she was all dressed in white and it, she, it was like super elegant costume because she, like all of, I mean, kind of interesting segue, but uh, all of her color was missing. So she had to go to all these different places to regain her color because everybody wow. had like segregated. So all of the colors, like all of the green people went to the pond and all of the yellow people went this way. So she kind of like got everybody back together again at the end. And she was this colorful rainbow. And so... It was really like, I mean, super impactful. I bought the video so I could show it to my own daughter, you know, Aria, so, because it's so cute. And yeah, it, you know, the characters were crazy. The costumes were crazy. The hair, makeup, all that funny stuff. But I remember watching that a lot. And so color has definitely been very integrated into my life, just like rainbows and things. So well but I think it's interesting too, that you, that that comes up because I feel like you have a very um, diplomatic personality as well. And so who knows if that kind of laid some kind of foundation in there of being inclusive and you always want to make sure everybody feels like they're a part of the group and that they're not left out and um, kind of marginalized. So I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I think it happens too, because, you know, especially as a young kid, you know, I came, I was born in Illinois. And when I moved to Tennessee, I was this outsider, you know, and, and coming in and I had this really unusual last name and everybody I went to school with, you know, they were all related or they, you know, were, there was some type of connection. They had all grown up together, you know, most of their cousin, you know, their cousins or whatever. And so me coming in at, as a seven-year-old, you know, with the last name of Contois and this tiny little, you know, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, you know, they're like, who, who is this girl and her family coming into the, our Appalachian Trail? Like, what are you doing over here? So, you know, having that, not necessarily being bullied, but yeah, having that, like, you have to find your, your group or you have to find that connection with people. So I like to make sure that people feel not left out. I try, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. do. It's very true. It's very true. Um, um, I do I think it's interesting looking at, at people that are normally in theater and stuff are not normally also in sports. 
right? <laughs> so, and, and of course, this is, if you're watching, this is not an end-all be-all statement, but it is a mostly true statement. They are usually two different groups in school. Um, and it was kind of interesting because I was a mascot for football, even though I don't know anything about football. Um, and then you were in sports and we both did theater. So maybe that had something to do with our friendship, but um, <laughs> yeah, some crossover. But I think that that's interesting that you kind of have both sides of the coin of um, not feeling like you're completely on the outside. Like a lot of people in, in high school do uh, in middle school. And so they kind of go into theater because it's a group for the outsiders generally. Yeah. The more creatives, especially where we're from in small towns in the South. And uh, so it is interesting that you also were in maybe a, a more mainstream group with playing sports and stuff. Did you find I that they crossed over? Uh, well, uh, I think sports were kind of more of a survival like the the school that I went to was very dedicated to sports. Um, we had a very well known football team, and so just to kind of survive, I, I've always loved soccer. Soccer, I've been playing soccer since I was five. So I think that maybe that connection is, you know, kind of feeling if you being in theater was weird, right? You know, that's kind of the the umbrella that is theater people. And I never was so eccentric that I felt like a true theater person. I never felt like a true drama. So I think there was kind of like a, a balance because I couldn't, I, I don't think I really was speaking to my true self, my true like authentic person that I was, you know, because you're trying to fit in. You're trying to fit this mold of, you know, what we all try to do as, as young people, we try to find, you know, we have our best friends and our groups of cliques, but you just kind of, I kind of played on the fence. So I didn't seem specifically in one, you know, one umbrella, I guess to say, but I think that's just, that kind of caters to who I am as a person. I'm, I, I like to do everything and not like focus on just one thing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. No, I'm that's really, really that's true. If Zach was standing there, he'd be like, right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> going like all these different places. Um, Can't sit still. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, uh, if you weren't doing wigs and makeup, like this is not the career that you're doing. Would you try and do something like, like say you got an opportunity to be a forensic scientist again, or, in a parallel life, what would Kelsey be doing? <laughs> right. Well, and I think it's an interesting question because I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people are kind of thinking about that now, too, with the current state of everything is what would be, you know, if I wasn't in this path, what would my path be? And I joke, I mean, forensic science seems super, super cool. And I would love to think of that. I don't think that I am at a, <laughs> I don't think I'm at a level um, with that, but I don't know. I think I keep on coming back to the organizational side of it because I've spent a lot of time watching the home edit <laughs> and organize, you know, like organizing TV shows and you can know, do I, the home edit. Let's just oh, be honest here. They probably could use your help. 
Uh, I would love, I would love that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, and like I said, in my house, it's kind of more chaos, but when I have a job or when I focus on stuff, I really love to organize things. So I could definitely see myself doing a bunch of like a warehouse organization <laughs> or like organizing people's houses. That would be fun. That would be really fun. I would yeah. sign up for that. <laughs> that I, would, would. I mean, like, plus, you know me, I'm nosy. I want to know what people have. <laughs> so anybody yeah. watching this, now you know. <laughs> you know she'll be like, snoop, snoop, snoop. I know. It's um, not necessarily snooping. It's just like, see, like, I have a Halloween house, you know, and people come in and they're like, are you decorated for Halloween? And it's like, no, this is just my decor. You know, I want to see other people's decor. <laughs> You're like, you don't have skeletons hanging up in your living room? Right? Like, that, th this isn't normal for you? Like, <laughs> is there something that people um, wound up giving you, like, that you don't necessarily collect for real, but people are like, oh, Kelsey likes these, so I'll get her, like people buy me unicorns, but I don't technically collect them, but people know I love them, so they buy them, so now I have a collection of unicorns. Uh, two things, because it kind of, it, you know, it definitely falls under the umbrella. So I collect skulls, but I don't actually collect sugar, sugar skulls. So a lot of people tend to buy me sugar, not that they're not beautiful, it just is not my necessarily my style, and spiders. I loathe spiders. So uh, we have a Halloween home that is not allowed to have spiders in it. So spider webs, totally fine. But um, yeah, little creepy crawlers, not my thing. Cockroaches, totally cool. Spiders, no. So some people, they, they go, oh, look at this awesome spider because it's Halloween-y. And then I get it and I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> And it's like, thank you. This is so awesome. I'm going to hide this now because I'm terrified. Yeah. I mean, you and cockroaches. Can we just talk about this for a second? So I don't, like I said, Kelsey and I spend a lot of time together. And eventually, oh, I have an idea for a business too, by the way. So okay. just remind me later to so tell you. Hard. Yeah. So, um, oh, Alicia says your hair looks nice. Oh, thank you. It's gotten so long. The quarantine well, has made my hair grow. <laughs> well, just thing. Lauren um, Cecil Fisher. Uh, Max is so cute, by the way. Um, yeah. She was talking, said, you know, truth about um, looking for different things that we're doing right now. And then Cherie says hi and that she's loving this. <laughs> <laughs> so back to cockroaches. Yes. So, Important things, right? <laughs> oh. So Kelsey likes really gross stuff and I don't, I also, uh, and that includes black licorice, but, um, <laughs> but she went to a, it was a Halloween ball. In yeah. The masquerade. Oh, what is it called now? It was, um, Midsummer scream. Yeah. Midsummer scream. And so she's like, Oh, I'm going to make this dress. And, um, sorry, I'm knocking stuff off my table. I'm going to make this dress. And it's like, uh, it was a, like a chartreuse green color and all this stuff. And it was looking so great. And then she comes in and she's like, look what I got. And like opens this box and dumps it on the workstation. And it's just like a hundred fake cockroaches. <laughs> 700, 780. I'm like, what 
sorry, he did you with those. She's like, they're going on my dress. I'm going to like put them on. It's going to be so pretty and like cute. And I'm like, oh, oh. And like the little feet wiggle and stuff. It's oh, actually really funny because I still have this on my desk. <laughs> what it's, is it doing? It was, it was the one that like came out of my forehead. <laughs> I can't because of Star Trek. Because <laughs> they had that leech or whatever go in his ear. Oh There's yeah, no. Not, no, thank you. No bugs coming out of the face. <laughs> uh, like originally when we were going to do a business, remember we were looking at um, what was it like glitter and gore, yeah, or yeah. you know, glitter and blood? Because I'm like, we can have blood, but can we put glitter in it? Like, <laughs> there's no reason it can't be sparkly. Um. No, I have a business idea for us that I came up with talking to mom and dad the other night because Kelsey, okay, there's so many things. So Kelsey is a candy connoisseur. It's true. Right? Um, even likes gross candy. These cheeks like don't lie. <laughs> even likes gross candy like uh, black licorice, but and circus peanuts. Yep. And candy corn. I like candy corn. It's okay. I like them better than the candy pumpkins. That's just way too much. <laughs> I like but those too. I don't but, like all the cream in the Cadbury eggs. See, and I love those. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's too much. All the weird candy that people are like, who eats this? Me. I'm that <laughs> weird person. <laughs> but, so I was talking to mom and dad about your candy obsession because there's a new show on Food Network called Candyland. And I was like, oh, Kelsey should be the judge on this show. And I told them about your fascination with misshaped candies. Yes. So I, this is a real thing. Yeah. This is actually, I wanted to create this business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So she would have like a, a, a store. We, you know, I was like, it could be called like rejects or I don't that, know. Yeah. Rejects. That right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's all misshapen candy that went through that people don't want, but it tastes the same. So it's fine. And then I want to have a breakup cafe with, with all the breakup food that you're not supposed to eat unless you're really sad and depressed. So we could have them next door to each other. Absolutely. That sounds right. good. I could have like all the savory stuff. Good name, though. It would have to be a good play on words. <laughs> So if anybody uh, has any ideas, yeah. post them below. Because <laughs> I can have all the savory stuff and like ice cream by the pine bread. And then you can have all the sweet stuff. Maybe we could be called, could be called like sweet baby Jesus or <laughs> I think we would offend somebody with that name. <laughs> sure. We'll have to come up with something really good. But yeah, yeah jelly the the jelly belly belly flops are kind of what created this for me yeah yeah because i love i love the gummy bears that are all fused together like they don't get cut in the process i'm like yes it's jackpot or they cut them in half they're like yep. decapitated bear yeah i love those i'm gonna think about a title a title uh a, a name <laughs> a name that sounds good Our business Ooh, somebody's calling um we get so much spam right now with the election. Right. So crazy. Um, hold, please. Dad, can you answer that, please? <laughs> um, we, uh, we resorted to answering the phone in different languages. So it's bonjour. <laughs> Most of the time, it's a click. <laughs> well, 
and we get so many recordings and it's just super annoying. Yeah. I'm not used to having a landline. Um, right. <laughs> so it's been super interesting being home and the, the weather out here in Texas uh, is so crazy that uh, the cellular service goes in and out a lot. So having the landline in case of a hurricane or flooding right. or something like that is important. Um, not as important in Vegas. Right. You know. All we uh, have is 200 days without rain. <laughs> I'll trade you some. I, I would love some rain, actually. <laughs> trade you some. Oh, my gosh. Um, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about, um, like, different projects that you had going on during the quarantine. Um, mm -hmm. Like, behind you, it says, like, makeup roulette. Um, has there been any particular makeups that you've done over quarantine with all of this time on our hands that you were like, yes, that was amazing. Uh, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but all of them, because I never really do makeup so much on myself. Like Halloween is definitely the time that I get to do makeup on myself. And I always, I not always. I don't generally like to use myself as a canvas because <laughs> it's so ironic, but it's a pain to have to put all that makeup on yourself and then remove it. And, you know, I feel for my my performers when I make them have to, like, layer themselves in all this makeup. I feel for you. I promise I do. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I've been I've been trying to play around with different techniques, techniques that I don't typically use. So it's been fun to kind of reactivate I think some artistic ability in myself because I have taken a lot of time off from doing a lot of fantasy based makeup so yeah. the last uh, this last kind of spread of Halloween makeups have definitely been really fun but like even like the blue alien makeup like I literally I shaved the side of my head to do that blue alien makeup and it inspired me enough to shave my head again to do that brain makeup that I did for Halloween. So I know it's like not fair though, because <laughs> when I'm looking at them, I'm like, she doesn't have any hair on the side of her head. Like, of course she can do that. Or her eyebrows, she can draw whatever she wants. And it's just so fantastic because it makes it so much more realistic. It's awesome. Right. It's fun to have a blank canvas and just kind of go from there. Well, I think it speaks to like in the beginning when I was saying that your makeup skills are not just makeup skills, like you actually enjoy drawing and sculpting and doing those things with your hands um, that I don't have that same artistic ability. So I find that really. Uh, I think the artistic ability is there. It's just where you put your energy towards, you know, well, you I have to have business like <laughs> so. And I don't have patience. I get very frustrated. Well, yeah. That is definitely, between you and I, that is definitely our, uh, that's our yin and our yang there. <laughs> what was there? There was something I was working on um, at Ka. What's he doing? I was trying to like put some kind of wrap on or something on a head or, oh, I don't know what I was Plastic doing. But I was like, yeah. I was doing something and I was like, this isn't working. And you were like, step away. Just stop. Step away. <laughs> and then you did it in like one second. And I was like, well, now I got it ready for you. But <laughs> <laughs> I opened up this uh, jar of pickles for you. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't do that when I was doing it. And you were like, you need patience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, trust me, I need patience myself during quarantine. I have 
had to reread the book on patience. So, <laughs> well, this kind of actually leads into an interesting segue about being at Ka and and patience because you self-admittedly are like, I'm not a very good teacher and I don't have patience. And that's not true in an absolute manner because <clears throat> this is a two-parter. One of your major jobs at Ka is to teach performers who are not makeup artists. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're um, street performers that have never put on makeup or it's like the little Walmart <laughs> makeup. Right. Um, and some are like gymnasts, uh, some do come from other shows and a lot of them, English is not their first language and some of them don't speak English at all. Um, so two parts, one, how is that process for you? <laughs> and then two, because a lot of people, a don't even know that performers do their own makeup, um, mm -hmm. and that there's only one of you, uh, was that something that you found surprising when you came to work for Cirque that that would be a, a big part of your job? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I started in the um, makeup department specifically, I knew that my makeup ability was primarily in the theatrical opera setting. It wasn't necessarily super circusy. And growing up in the small town I grew up in, we didn't have um, theater shows coming through. We didn't. We would have to drive an hour, an hour or so, to go to Knoxville to maybe go to the arena there to maybe see a Cirque show. But I never had that ability, so I didn't really know about Cirque until I worked for Cirque. So looking at the makeups, I was like, "Ooh, I bit off a little bit more than I I can chew," but it translates kind of all the same. So, uh, you know, I had a wonderful teacher. I had lots of wonderful teachers, but Kathleen Price really kind of, you know, showed me the techniques that our makeup designer, Natalie Gagne, really made for our shows. So I had to learn those techniques to be able to communicate in a language to the artists. So I can apply the makeup to myself or I can apply it to somebody else, but how do you then translate that in words? And it was not something that was certainly learned in a year. I think it has been perfected over, you know, the last decade of time, but um, having the ability to work on a couple of other shows and I, you know, I literally was thrown into a, a teaching situation where I had 10 performers or artists, what we call them, um, that were from Japan. And the only word I knew in Japan was hello, you know? So how do you teach artists how to do their makeup where they've never done makeup before so you kind of create this, not to downgrade sign language at all, but you almost kind of create like a sign language in makeup. And it's all about using like, flu like fluid lines or solid, solid arms, fluid hands. So you kind of are like creating this like, you know, sign language of, of motion. And it's, you know, how do you explain this versus this? And um, so having all that time to kind of learn that language and then utilize that language has been helpful. But it's true, you know, I, I've got, had the ability to teach at least 100 people different makeups and things over the years. And really, there's only been one that I struggled the most with, but everybody else, we've been able to have some type of, of language to communicate. And I think art, because it is so universally a language too, it kind of is helpful. 
But that's my first question. As soon as I, I get an artist, whether it's their first time sitting in my chair or if we have a PR event and we have like a celebrity come in and they're going to learn how to do their makeup. The first question I always ask is, have you ever done makeup on yourself? And in what circumstances was the makeup? And only like maybe 20 people have I gotten said, I've never picked up a makeup brush. I've never picked up a pencil. I've never done anything artistic. <laughs> and they were, they were, you know, not as of, big of a challenge as they thought it was going to be. And then a lot of people, oh, I've done makeup for Halloween or, you know, oh, I love to, you know, draw with pencils or I love to color in coloring books. And I'm like, this all translates. You coloring in a coloring book or you painting on a piece of paper is the same thing. You just now have a 3D piece of paper. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's just and I think that you're whenever if you were struggling to communicate or were um, frustrated, it didn't come out at that moment, which is good because <laughs> I feel like the artists themselves are the performers sometimes can it's get so very frustrated oh, and depending yeah. on their personalities too. One comes to mind that she was very frustrated for many sessions and um, you had a very calm demeanor about you. And then later, you know, we could go out for a drink or something and be like, that was so stressful. But um, during that moment, you know, it's kind of similar uh, with the kids, you know, of they're going to react off of you. So if you're getting like stressed out and stuff, they're going to be like, eh, and then they can't do, uh, Michael Meyer says hello, by the way. Oh, Hey, Michael, Michael's <laughs> my teacher from college. He's awesome. Um, you did good. Michael he taught, me, he taught me a bunch of stuff about wigs and that's why, you know, I can make wigs now. Um, true. So, but yeah, I think that's, that's the thing is, you know, people are so hypercritical of themselves to begin with, especially coming in doing something that they've never done before. So, you know, when you're an artist, you already have 30 different expectations thrown upon you. And then you come and you sit in my chair and you go, this is the only thing that I don't feel confident about in anything. I can wear a costume. I can do flips. I can jump off into an airbag. I can you know, crawl up a wall that's 110 feet tall. But when I sit down in your chair, I'm so scared. And that's where I have to come in and be like, there is nothing to be scared about because it's just makeup. <laughs> um, but I'm going to do everything in my ability to teach you the easiest ways how to apply your makeup, but still look good enough that our makeup designer can watch the show and not be mortified. You know, so it's, it's a dance. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, we had talked about this before, especially with quarantine, because we can't do makeup on other people <laughs> for a long time. Um, there's a whole thing out there, right, with Instagram and makeup artists that their whole uh, feed is full of only makeup on themselves. Mm hmm. So as makeup artists that hire people to do makeup on other people, those are not especially helpful when looking for makeup artists. However, I will say that it was a very interesting perspective in the reverse, because I don't know if that makeup artist can apply makeup in the same manner on all different face shapes, right? Um, that, but they have their, their face shape down. Um, but it was interesting in quarantine and the beginning of COVID and being home and using our own face that the muscles really are different even in the reverse. 
that mm -hmm. I expect people to be able to do makeup well on other people with this motion. But then coming back with the patience thing, I realized I don't have the patience to sit there and do detail work on my face because the muscles are, are different. And then also I don't have patience, but <laughs> did you, and, and blocking yourself, you know, you don't think yeah. about that in the moment where you're holding a makeup brush, like, and you go, Oh, I can't see there. Cause I literally have a brush over my eyeball. <laughs> you know, you, uh, we speak that language. So we know how to, because we're teachers and we know how to, you know, teach people to, Oh, you turn at an angle and then you can do it. But in that instant moment, you're kind of like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but I feel like I have more of an appreciation. I feel like in my own uh, professional life was a bit hard on people that only mm -hmm. do makeup on themselves. So I do think they should spread out the, the ta you know, their talent a little bit. But I have a better appreciation for people using their faces right. as, uh, as the models because it is uh, not super easy. I think the interesting thing with that too, and I know we've talked about this before, is also the time. You know, right now we have all the time in the world. Yeah, yeah. So we have three, four hours to really dedicate to creating these awesome characters. But then, yeah, I say that. We know we're, when we're doing that, we either have an hour in between a kid's nap or we're doing that at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> yeah, and you can't even see straight. So you're hoping your lines are straight. But, you know, a lot of the people that we see on those Instagrams that are doing a lot of makeup on themselves, they're dedicating a lot of time to those looks. And we know in our fields that we don't necessarily have that. So you have to create these elaborate things on a more time scaled back, but still getting the same impact. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On Circus Couture and any of the shows, One Drop, One Night for One Drop, any of those shows, we expect these looks to happen. And you have maybe 60 minutes yeah so i think from a, a realistic standpoint of uh people doing makeup and mean like this look took four hours i'm like no one will hire you because that is crazy yeah. like and it's just their face it's not even like body paint or anything where you know we have these deadlines and budgets and right um, that is something interesting i think you and i both kind of came into together was working on these large, large scale events and productions um, with very large makeup crews and even larger performers to put on them. And I feel like we both kind of stumbled through that learning curve together of how to schedule that and keep everybody like <laughs> positive and, and really come out good. I didn't know that was something I was going to be doing when I was like, I'm going to be a makeup artist. <laughs> so you're also going to be a logistics manager. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're a babysitter, a, a cat herder, a <laughs> all yeah. of those things wrapped in. Super but. crazy. Um, okay. Some fun, random questions. Hold on. Do, 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 do. If you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? You can pick like two. You always do these to me. These are like the, these are the, like the 20 questions you have on we're in between like cues at work. <laughs> love these, love these. Um, well, definitely pink would be one of them. Oh yes. I love her so much. Yeah. She is like hands down number one. 
And then two, I think I, dinner with Tim Curry, I think would be really fun. Right? Like he seems like such a cool guy. He's He'd 74. Be fun oh, man. He's still rocking. Oh, man. We were just watching Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror Picture Show no. that I like the movie, but I don't ever need to see it live again. <laughs> but yeah, I, we were looking at him and he was so young. He had great legs. Right? Yeah. And his, like, he, yeah, he was just a cool. He's, he seems like such a cool guy. I would love to have lunch with him. Those dinner. are two really good ones. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite time period? Uh, man, I definitely would like to say futuristic. I would like to see some, some cool, like futuristic robots, but I don't know. I kind of like the, um, oh, I always forget the name of it, but it's, uh, I like non, I like fantasy time periods. Oh. Like, of course I love pinup girls, but I love, um, I really, oh man, I can't think of the name. Zach is going to be like, really? I talk about this all the time. But it's kind of like the video game Fallout, where okay. it's kind of the 50s, but it's also post apocalyptic, you know? <laughs> like, so that's kind of what I love very much. Okay. But. I like it. I like it. Right? I think it's because it's fantasy based, it's not based in truth. Oh, this is an interesting one because it's changed. Okay. Over the years. Um, well, technically, it's what is your favorite composer or artist? But I, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about music while you're working. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Because so, the <laughs> you, story, you tell I'll, the story. I'll, I'll tell the story. So when I first started at Ka, uh, there was a... Uh, maybe like three weeks into work and it was right around Halloween time. So we were listening to Halloween and we were kind of, maybe it was even like November 1st or the second. And so we had had really great Halloween parties and we were all just kind of tired and you know, we needed a moment at work. <laughs> and uh, I think it was either you or it was Thomas who put on Lorena McKennett and I love her music so much. However, I only listen to her music to go to sleep. That is what I still, to this day, listen to her music to go to sleep to because it's so, like, you know, beautiful yeah. and soft. Yeah. So I looked over it and I'm like, I love you guys so much, but I can't listen to this at work. <laughs> and so it was um, listening to that kind of music and, and like, uh, you listen to a lot of soundtracks or, like, scores. And I'm just like, why do you listen to this? This is so boring. <laughs> I need music. I need lyrics with my music. It was so funny. And so yeah, for many, many years. Like, I can't. Yeah. Because when I was writing my thesis. Well, you were writing your thesis. Yeah, you needed like silence. I would write the <laughs> words they were singing. Yeah. I was like. <laughs> so for many years, I always, I, and I listen to super eclectic music. Like I will yeah. listen to Weird Al, who I love, to yeah. Pink to like all these crazy, like I listen to heavy metal. I listen to Disney musicals. <laughs> so yeah, it's all over the board. So, but in the last, I don't know, I think probably like the last two years or so I have got, maybe my tastes have been more refined, but no, I'm just kidding. 
but yeah, it's, I listen to like Spanish guitar or I'll listen to like Enya just when I'm typing or I have to really focus on stuff is I get to the point now where I can't listen to my general music that I would use to listen to. I'd listen to, I listen to, you know, movie scores. Now I listen to the score from a lot of Tim Burton scores. Cause you know, they're just awesome. But yeah. So it's funny. You, you cultivated that. I just, you know, pushed it away for far too long. <laughs> right, right. I love movie scores. Well, okay. So I had asked, um, did I ask Rachel this? But it's a fun question. Like when you're tying hair or working on, um, a wig, making a wig. Uh, everybody seems to have like a set television show or movie, something they put on that they basically know by heart. So it's almost like an audio book. Uh, what is it that you put on when you're working on stuff? Transformers. What? I've watched the movie Transformers about 200 times. Transformers? It's so random, but because it has the best action, like it has big explosions. So like when the explosions are happening, I know in my, in my ventilating that I'm like, okay, I have five minutes from this explosion and this song, I have to get this area done. So I'll like ventilate super fast, <laughs> but it's just I'm a like, movie. You were going to say like Lord of the Rings. No, I know you weren't going to say Lord of the Rings, but no. Transformers. Yeah. Megan yeah. Yep. Good explosions, good soundtracks. And that's what kind of like just like catapult, like that was college for me. So if I was not watching that, I was watching Dexter. But if anybody who has seen Dexter knows that there is nudity because it was on Showtime and I'm in the shop watching Dexter on my laptop and I forget about this because it had just started to come out and I'm like, oh, look, there's a naked dead person. I'm in school. Like, this is not appropriate. <laughs> So, yeah. That's so if it amazing. wasn't that Hairspray, too. I watched Hairspray a lot in college. I have never seen Hairspray, the movie. I own all of them. <laughs> well, oh, friends. No. I don't know. There's a big difference, too, uh, for people out there. People think that um, I'm the one that always watches all of the Disney films, Hallmark Channel, um, what else? Broadway soundtrack, right. all the stuff. musicals. It's, yeah, it's this one. Yep. She, I'm very picky about my my Broadway shows that I want to listen to outside of watching them, and um, I have not even started watching the Hallmark Channel. Somebody in this interview has. <laughs> well, I don't have the Hallmark Channel. I don't have real cable, but. Yeah, but I, I do, do love Lifetime movies like you. Like you. Yeah. I do. My mom's like, these are so cheesy. And I'm like, they're so great. I love them. It's it, They literally have like a roulette board where they're like, the same actor, the same plot. <laughs> well, my favorite is it'll say like, the abducted cheerleader. And then the next, the very next movie is like, the man who abducted the cheerleader. Like, they're, <laughs> they're all related. Before we go, literally, I could talk to you forever on here. Right. About, about maybe we'll do a, part, uh, a second part like I'm going to do with Bobby. Yeah. Uh, around the holidays, we'll have maybe like some kind of focus of working on something. I don't know. Sounds good. Um, is there a motto these days that you find yourself saying? 
motivating you or keeping, <laughs> keeping me calm. Um, you know, definitely a friend of mine posted on, I had posted something on Facebook a couple of months ago and especially just kind of with how everything is, you know, we always say live day, you know, Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm living, I'm taking it day by day. Right. And she had made a comment on it. I, I believe it was, yeah, I, I believe it was a girl who had made this comment to me where it was, instead of living day by day, maybe you should live moment by moment. So right now that's kind of what I'm doing. I am living moment by moment because sometimes days are two years long. <laughs> so <laughs> Living moment by moment is definitely my my motto through all of this uh, quarantine time. So, yeah, yeah that's a that's good, good one. one. I like I that. that. Things can get a little bit overwhelming here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, but I truly, I truly think, think that, that the industry, industry is going to come back. It's just going to take a minute. So if you're watching this, wear your mask so we can all get back to work, please. <laughs> right. Um. There's also a tattoo that you have. What is it? Everything is, no, not everything is beautiful. Some people are ugly. What is it? <laughs> she does this just to like. Everything is beautiful. No, it says everything is beautiful. Uh, no, what does it say? It says <laughs> everything has its beauty. Not everyone sees it. <laughs> what, does it say? what does my own tattoo say? <laughs> What is it again? Everything has its beauty, but not everybody sees it. Not everyone sees it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, too. It is. Right. Yep. I have many quotes. I love quotes. Quotes are definitely like my thing. I have one on my leg that says, you know, not all that wander, not all who wander are lost. And the other is, art is never finished, only abandoned. So. Hmm. That is so true. I was just working on something the other day. And they were like, oh, it looks so great. And I'm looking at the photo and I'm like, man, if I had like another hour, yeah, I would go back in there and, you know. That is like the most, I, I go back to that tattoo all the time because it is, it's true. When you're in there being a perfectionist, trying to like, you have one little flake of mascara and you're trying to get it and you're like, it's part of the art. You just got to leave it sometimes. Because <laughs> right. you could, yeah, I mean, art is so subjective. So it could be multi you know change so many times so oh well i'm so happy to see your beautiful face uh likewise and we'll schedule another one of these um i think they're kind of fun so we'll uh do another one and keep the positivity going and keep Absolutely. our art friends inspired right yeah. and get more art friends because we need more yeah more art friends and we will have if you guys uh, come up with a really cool name for our restaurant uh, yes. doors for when we're like 70 and are bored, um, <laughs> that would be great. Oh, Lauren said, it's been great getting to know you ladies a little better. Oh, um, Lauren, I feel the same. I'm just sorry that I left Vegas before uh, you started there, but um, that I got to see you a little bit, but I would squeeze Max's little cheeks. Oh, <laughs> but um I miss you and I love you and thank you for playing with me on my show. Of course. Love you. Miss you too. Mwah. All right. Mwah. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Don't forget to follow behind the biz on Instagram. So more people can see this and 
who knows where it will go, right? You never know. Okay. Bye. It's ending.